Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to the FPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always with me is my co-host, Rob Langevin. How you doing, Rob? Hey, Kev, what's going on? Another week, another, uh, you know, bag of fun brought to you by the uh, the FPL Roundtable guys. We should maybe, like, slash our name and put, like, the FPL Roundtable slash Euro 2016 Fun Bunch or <laughs> maybe some maybe some romanticized language that translates into something cool. I, I don't know. What, I don't know. But or something's got to something's gotta be done. The Euro People League Roundtable. The people consuming yeah. mass fantasy analysis stats of the Europa Championships. <laughs> we we tried a pretty long anagram last week that I went back and tried to make into a word, and there were just too many consonants, um, unfortunately. But yeah, it's it's uh, an exciting time in sports. We got the NBA Finals going on. We got the NHL playoffs going on. Go Penguins! And we got the, the last friendlies yep, running up. Last to the- friendlies. We got the French Open going. Djokovic went hard today. Serena yeah. got off to a rocky start. Ended up winning. It's a good but sports day. You know? It was. It was like for that weird period in June where you like feel like it'd be a downtime. It just hasn't been. Oh, and we've had baseball this whole time. Gregory Polanco should be the MVP. It's been a, it's been a good time. Gregory Polanco. <laughs> I'm just saying he's super amazing. That's all. He's super. Thanks for asking. <laughs> um, I did want to clarify one thing from last week. Um, when we had a little tete a tete uh, regarding how substitutions work, and it turns out in a very boring way for radio that we were both right um, that there are still automatic substitutions, but there are also manager substitutions where you can replace any player unless they've been sent off with one from your bench who has yet to play. You can change your captain if you don't like it; it'll just remove it from that guy. Any player that uh, is substituted out will get zero points. So you can manually do it. It can auto do it. Just keep an eye on it. So if you have a guy that put out a fat stinker and then you still have a guy on your bench that has a decent matchup, you can swap them and have a good time with that. So, so in essence, you said we tied. So we're going to go to PKs? Yeah, we're going to penalties. Um, no, we're going to go to Gerard PKs and winner gets Shakira. No. Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She was good. She was good about fifteen years ago. I don't know why she like swallows every hip, word that she hip, sings. Her hips don't lie anymore. They're built for child rearing. <laughs> uh, interesting. Can child rearing hips lie, or by the very nature, are they telling the truth and that they're creating life? You know, the the whole term of child rearing in itself is just a funny statement when you say it out loud and you have kind of a sick mind, you drive around in a van. Mm. Well, but, well, is there any such but, thing as child forwarding? Or, like, what about lateraling? Child lateraling? You know, it's like staying, <laughs> well, as long as it stays behind neutral? the line of scrimmage. 
That's the yeah, important child thing. Child neutral. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think you know Dyfus or the uh, people who take care of babies' health and welfare are going to be happy with the child <laughs> lateraling thing. Child lateraling. I don't know, man. As long as the blocks are clean, you know, you don't want to be too about? close to the sideline. It wasn't a forward pass. <laughs> Oh man! Exclusively on kickoff returns, you don't you don't want to have to be running Boise State hook and ladder nonsense. Yeah, how do what people do you think we've lost this first five minutes? We've kind of been all over the map, um, in a good way though. I think yeah, totally. The best delusional thoughts are made from delusional conversation. Yep. Oh, and we're hey, a day we- late. Uh, sorry about that. It doesn't no, really matter. Right Nothing's time. really happened. We're gonna be guess what? We're gonna be back in two more days to to do, do the rest of this grouping stuff Wait, that we're gonna be discussing days? soon. Four days by the time we hear it, oh, there will be a fantasy show up Monday. Monday, right? And then again on Thursday, right? And then the Euros are starting, and then every day thereafter, we're gonna be on every day for eight Whoa, and a half seconds. Easy. Oh my. Oh, okay. Eight and a half seconds. They were good. <laughs> that's just. <laughs> that's it. You're going to be like, bring in Jordi Alba. Drop Toby Alba. All right, bye. Yeah, we really shouldn't talk about this on air because we probably won't do it. But in like a five minute, like these were the stars. These were the scrubs. Eh. Stars and scrubs. Nah, nah. It's it's played out, man. I hate to break the news to everybody whom that requires effort and yeah. Rob does not have it. <laughs> also, you have for real jobs. Because Rob works outside in the sun. Yep. Which is why you have such a healthy glow. Yeah, it, it's called melanoma. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's my third favorite kind of melon. <laughs> it, it is. Just don't try to ball it up. Yep. Yeah. Alma is grandmother in Dutch, so it's a uh, it's a grandmother made out of melon. That's mm. that's a melanoma. <laughs> that's an awful, awful, super random, obscure, and not that great joke. That sounds like something I would love to honeydew. Uh, <laughs> uh, but what if you like don't want to have a big wedding and you can't elope? <laughs> uh, you, you probably turn to mushmelon is probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's it. That's as many melons as I know about. Yeah. Um, Cassaba. I don't know. know. Tweet us in your favorite melon. Tweet us in your favorite melon. (laughs) At EPL Roundtable. Um, Okay, so we should probably talk about what we're actually going to do today. So we're going to do groups A, B, and C today. And then on the Sunday recording, which you'll hear on Monday, we're going to do D, E, and F. So we're just going to go through the teams in those groups, players that you should be looking for, trying to pronounce names that are very hard to pronounce, um, and just giving general and hopefully helpful advice, but no promises, I think is a good direction to go with that intro. Yeah. Um, the whole thing I love about some of these guys' names, the, the I before E except after C stuff goes way out the window. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, it's, Slavic language. Yeah. Yeah. Let me make a, a letter that looks like a concrete anvil. What, what is that? What is that? <laughs> Why are you going to have an upside down backwards L? Yeah. What's that all about? Huh? Mm-hmm. You and your umlauts. <laughs> yep. Weirdly, I got into an argument with somebody yesterday about accent grave versus accent agu in French. We're yeah. not going to redo that here. One shortens it. One brightens it. Sounds like, it. It's sounds like some random thing. Deal. Then you have tildes. Those are over predominantly ends. 
in the Spanish languages. Then if you see like Ilki Gundigan, who moved to City today, by the way. Oh, let's give him a, a hot City take. Do you care at all? Uh, if he could stay healthy, sure. Okay, cool. Do you think? I think I think he's be a good rotational player for the Champions League. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what formation they're going to play. If they stayed four two three one, it's very easy to see him pairing with the destroyer like Dino. But that's yeah. not really uh, Guardiola's jam. No, like he, no. he rolled a four five one a lot at Bayern, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which doesn't really help anyone other than Gundogan. It really hurts Aguero because we saw him in the Champions League be up top all on his mm-hmm. own with no one near him, and <laughs> grand total of zero shots on target. Yeah, so. Oh, and since we we are in Premier League, let's give some shouts for the championships. Getting uh, Gary Monk getting Leeds and Di Matteo, yeah, going getting to that Aston Villa job. So yeah. and Rafa stayed at Newcastle. It's gonna yep. be and the funny stat that there's more managers that have won the championship or the the what, what was I saying? Yeah, there are more there are yeah. more Champions League winning managers in the championship than mm-hmm. in the Premier League than any other league in the world. Oh, any of them. It's, interesting. It's two, the other league always has two. I yeah. think so, so they're at least tied. Huh. Then the other interesting thing is that the championship has more players in the Euros than the French league. Yeah. I think it's 24 to 22. <laughs> That's not great. Um, but yeah, the championship, you know, it's, it's really frustrating. So Fox got the Bundesliga rights and did absolutely fuck all with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'd be really interesting if a company, because BN has like two a week. For the yeah, championship, the championship. But, but I'd yeah, really but like do. it if we could get more of those over here. I feel like that's going to be a really interesting division to keep track of next year, especially with such big clubs in it. Yeah, there, it's state stateside. You'd have you have to almost have like a uh, you have to pay a ton of money for it because there was a bar I used to go to that used to have them all on all the time because the guy was a Bolton fan or a, yeah, Ooh. Bolton fan. I believe. Yeah, but but he used to have all the games on. So oh, snap! Who he, was the American that played at Bolton? Um, he was like hurt all the time. Breck Shea. I don't know. No, um, no. Oh, crap. I really should know this. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, he was there with uh, Gary Cahill. And oh wow, um, you're going you're going back a couple Chris years. Chris Samba, I think, was it Bolton Maybe. as well? Was that their pairing? Sure. Hold on, we're, we're going to do some super professional googling on the show, on the show, on the show. We're Bolton American. Okay, Gundogan. That's his, that's who it was. Gundogan. Oh right. The reason I brought him up is he's spells it G U E N Dogan in his um, Twitter name, which replaces the umlaut, which is the whole thing. Stuart Holden. What, what does he replace it with? A little bird? No, with a U E instead of the U with the umlaut over it, which is the U sound, where you make uh, an E with your inside mouth and an U with your lips. So he's already making a, he's already um, anglicizing his name. <laughs> well, he's at it for a while, but yes. Um, but anyway, yeah, Stuart Holden was the American I was talking about that played for Bolton, and he was always hurt, and sorry about that. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Um, okay, so we may as well get into it. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. We're going to rotate to try to keep it shorter. Otherwise, it'll be like a 17-hour podcast, which you guys might enjoy. A little more difficult on our end. Um, we'll just start with Group A, Albania, the order of their matches, Switzerland, France, Romania. Pretty much hard to own any of them. Granite Xhaka's brother. <laughs> Here's the first name. Taulant? Talons. <laughs> he takes their set pieces, but he's... I'm not sure that's worth it at 5.0. You don't like them in any of those matches. You know, I, I'm just not a big fan of the Albanian crew, even at what are largely discount prices. Not really interested. Do you have any words for Albania? Um, their number one export is Chrome. Um, okay, but their flag they has did, an eagle on it. Yeah, they they did beat uh, they did beat Portugal in qualifying. Um, they really don't have any fantasy guys that I would even remotely even look at. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. All right. Well, then we'll move on to France. We'll let you take the lead on this one. Uh, France is probably the the highlight team of this group here. They've uh, great first two matches. Uh, you know, the only thing that makes me a little leery about the French defense is, yeah, they played, they have two good matchups for their first two matches, but if anybody saw the match against Cameroon, they basically played the full squad and they gave up two goals that were, one was a little sketchy, the guy got lazy, and the other one was a, a well-taken ball from from the Cameroonians, I guess that's how you say it. Uh, but there, there's value all over the, you know, you know this, this, this format limits you to three guys, and for the first two games, I think... A threesome from France is probably probably needed. You know they have tons of guys that people know because if they've played in the the Champions League uh, fantasy and in the the EP, FPL, uh, Olivier Giroud. You know it's a big question mark with France who's going to play up top. You know they have him and Antoine Griezmann. Uh, I, I like Giroud there only because I think he is the strong that France needs there. I think Greitzman is more of like a Vardy kind of player, and I don't think they play that kind of style to his liking for the French national team. Uh, their ownership, Giroud is on 6%, and Greitzman is on 36%. The thing that I'm noticing, Kev, and I don't know if you've noticed this a lot too, um, teams that featured very late into the season, especially with the Europa and the Champions League games, um, have you ever looked Have you looked at their ownership it's as compared high. to other players? They are completely enamored, like a glorified because of their it's names. Like stuck have been in everyone's more everyone's mind, yeah. Yeah, Griezmann at thirty six percent. There's zero differential there, so I'd probably look elsewhere um, through the midfield. No Francis debate. He's stat- better, by the way. Oh, Nobody's absolutely. No, no, he's, he's, he's anywhere near Griezmann, who had a great season. But no, I just yeah, price and percentage. I think Francis' style of play is a, is a, is a set for Giroud, not Griezmann. You know, through the midfield, uh, France is loaded up. They got Anthony Martial, Paul Pogba, Payet, Angola Conte, uh, Matuidi. You know, of those of those guys, there's probably only three that could probably have fantasy value to me. Uh, it's Anthony Martial at nine million. He's he's a differential there. I think if he starts playing and plays well enough for the French team, I think he gets a gets a shining star there. Uh, 
Pogba is he's a question mark for me because I don't see how his play in normal league play translate to the French team to for have him be a fantasy asset. Plus his ownership at 43% right now, there's no differential there. But you also have to take into account that they're playing very two weak opponents the first two games, basically the two weaker teams in the, in the group. And then you have Dimitri Payet, who you know is taking the free kick, so his value is going to be gifted to him. You know, he's at $8 million. You know, he's the same price as Paul Pogba, and his ownership is only 23%. So there's probably a slight differential there for people who know, who know Dimitri Payet. They've probably played the, in the FPL format. They know what he can do. Um, so, you know, for me, if you're going to load up, the one guy I would take as a sleeper here that probably isn't going to be looked at is uh, Mangala, the Man City defender. He yeah. plays on France. I think he, I think he's going to be a good guy, especially for the first two games, where this way it's like a set it and forget it kind of defender where he has – Two great matchups against, you know, decently awful teams compared to what France should be. And they're the home team, so there's always that, you know, that, you know, favoritism there. And then you, you, you could have your pick of either, either two, two midfielders. I'd probably lean towards uh, Payet and Pogba and then maybe one of the, the forwards, either Giroud or Griezmann. Yeah, I have a couple concerns with this team. Um Largely in what is that three behind Giroud likely going to be? Because mm-hmm. you have Martial, Komen, and Payet, and Griezmann up for three slots. Griezmann is a lock for me, which does cause a little concern for Giroud, just because he's going to play somewhere. Griezmann is. So you don't yeah. know who's going to drop out, which makes Martial and Payet really difficult for me. Because both France wants to play both of them on the left wing. Coleman is obviously very young. You can bench him and not have like uh, uh, an issue within the squad, but he's a very talented young player. I'm just not sure how that's going to shake out. Completely agree on Mangala. He's currently in my team. Hugely benefits from the injuries to Varane and Mathieu. Um, and Sako suspended. So pretty much no one in his way. Pogba is a phenomenal player. I know he had eight goals and 13 assists. At 8.5, it seems reasonable for his name. But we've actually seen Matuidi get a little bit more dangerous. I know Pogba had that amazing assist to Giroud, and so it's capturing everybody's eye. I'm I'm just not that huge on Pogba. You already brought up the ownership stats. It's crazy high. And just to touch on Lloris super briefly, he really struggled down the stretch, and there are better, cheaper options out there. Mm-hmm. I agree. Cool. Uh, now we'll head into uh, Romania, where I get to talk about Vlad Kirakesh which I never thought I'd have to ever again. Um, gets out of position from time to time. A lot of it's due to his random runs forward, though, which in theory could be good for you in fantasy. Um, decent with his head. Guaranteed starter at center back. It's not a bad combo, especially at 5.0. You probably don't want to buy them before the France match, though. <laughs> Maybe you want to wait until that Switzerland-Albania back-to-back. Ros von Rott gets to play left back. Former, though very brief, stay at West Ham. Um, Best option for Romania, probably. Um, Only one assist in qualifying, but does get up and down the pitch and and, and has a pretty dangerous cross on him. (laughs) And I started writing this up before I looked at the final squad. I included Alexandru Maxim, who I think is a really talented attacking midfielder from Stuttgart. They got relegated. It was real sad. (laughs) Notice that he hasn't been anything he was since 2013-14 and didn't even make the squad. So don't. You know, I don't want to, you know, give you like the inside baseball kind of take, but don't get players that aren't in the competition. That's just a pretty good overarching rule, I think. 
I mean, that sounds like a good rule of thumb. Like, that's like, you know, it's like rule one. Like, you put on your <laughs> shoes. Yeah. And then uh, there are like three forwards that could win the starting job, and they're probably not good enough for you to bring them in over anyone else anyway. So don't worry about that. Rob, yeah. talk yeah. to your boys about Switzerland. Or do you have a hot take on Romania? For for Romania, yeah. Radisvan Rat is probably the only guy you want to look at. Uh, nobody on the team is owned in over, over 2% in any league, so the Romanian delegate in fantasy is, is just not rooting for their home team. Um, yeah, the the first two games are tough. You know, they're both both teams are playing are top seventeen in the world, so you don't want anybody defensive or rely on some kind of defensive differential there. Um, yeah, I mean, if you want to look for a second goalie for when you know they don't play France, sure, Pentilamon may be may be an option there. Just because he's huge, though. <laughs> yeah. So, so on, on to, on to uh, what do we got? Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I actually like Switzerland. They have a lot of guys that, that are cheap enough that you could squeeze them in basically at the end of your roster at every position. Uh, Somer is a great second goalie. They did, they did well during qualifying. Uh, Switzerland is is a, is a top ranked team. They just don't have the guy that you're looking at being like, ooh, they have Paul Pogba. You know, they're they're Switzerland. They're exact. They make knives and and have cool army stuff. Um, Under but yeah, chocolate. So, also, they make yeah, Ricola if you're sick. There you go. There you go. All stuff that could go in your mouth. It brings Kevin to light. <laughs> brings Kevin's attention span <laughs> way up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so. Somer is a good guy to look at for a second goalkeeper. You probably want to start uh, as your keeper with better uh, in a in a group with not a good. Well, considering that they play Albania and Romania the first two games, he's probably a great guy to have as your yeah. second, just in case you your first craps. Um, who else is I looking at? Ricardo Rodriguez for on the defense. Uh, six 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 million. He's owned in eight percent of leagues. You know, he played well for Wolfsburg. He, he contributes in the offense and on the defense. I think I believe he had uh, three goals and four assists this year for Wolfsburg. But he's a guy that people have noticed a little bit because he played later in the season with the Champions League. That's why his ownership is at 8%. Uh, through the midfield, you know, Granit Xhaka is the guy who's probably on everybody's tip. Correct, Kevin? I mean... Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not personally a fan. And it has oh, no, me either. him being at Arsenal. Just he... I know that he might get pushed further forward in the yeah. Swiss team than he will at Arsenal, but well, I, I just yeah. kind of like the Pogba thing. Like, is it? Are there enough goals and assists? Which remember is this thing? We're not talking about like the draft leagues or your daily formats in which he, you know you get the tackles and the interceptions that would really bolster him. But in this format, yeah. it's seven and he's a big name that just made a big move to Arsenal. So there are going to be a lot of people kind of riding that wave. I, I just don't yeah. see the upside with him. Yeah, that's the problem with the Swiss team. When I was looking at their roster and where guys play, I, you know, especially with the forward where I was just going to go to, Zerdan Zakiri is listed as a forward here, and yeah. he's definitely not a forward forward player at all. He's more of a wing player to me. Uh, so the Swiss options are probably limited to the back end with the goalie and Ricardo Rodriguez, who I think has excellent value. Doesn't feel like they're all .52 expensive? Yeah. Like, well, they're not crazy you know overpriced. It just feels like all of them are just too expensive. I think that, that the UEFA game erred on the side of caution to, to start the pricing, whereas sometimes in the Premier League, they give you 0.5 in your favor to start the season. So 
So, I mean, it, it's okay only because you know, it, it, it helps and it doesn't help because some guys, there are some guys of value there, but they're guys that people really don't know about yet because they haven't performed yet and they haven't gotten a, a better grasp of their opponents, you know, how well they're going to do in this tournament, mm. you know? So basically we have to go by what rankings we see right now and how teams did in the qualifying and then make assumptions from there because we're looking at Switzerland, who is a top seven, 15 team in the world. They're playing Albania and Romania. They, they look like two, you know, two easy right away games, but this is the, you know, your European championships. So every team is going to be geeked up to play this, you know, so nothing is given even for a Switzerland team that looks like on paper to be more dominant than everybody, but France in their, in their group. Yeah. And when we mentioned the Romania defense, they aren't amazingly talented, but they are very well organized. They're, they are not an easy team to break down. They're, they're a very tough defensive team in qualifying. Radazon Rat was a top three scoring defender. Yeah, not not surprised by that at all. So just kind of keep an eye on that. I agree with most of your points. I do currently have Rodriguez in my team, but I, I feel like I'm going to change that. He just feels a little too expensive, and I'm like 0.5 to 1.0 away from a couple moves that I'd like to make. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was like one of those players in your first draft. I've liked him for a while as a player. Not mm-hmm. This isn't <laughs> breaking news. He's very good, and most people know that. Um, but I was just kind of excited. He was one of those players that when the game was announced, I was like, oh, it'll be fun to have him in my team. And the more I look at it, the more I'm just like, there there are cheaper options out there. And maybe not better, but the ratio of performance to value seems a little more in line. Yeah, and I think his ownership right now at the 8% is based on Switzerland's first two games against Albania and Romania. Which are which are good. Yeah, absolutely. As much as I just praise Romania's defense, the attack isn't great. We already mentioned Albania, kind of, (laughs) in so much that we literally mentioned them. (laughs) All right, well, that uh, wraps Group A for us. So on an actual football tip, if you had to predict who comes out 1-2 of this group, who do you have? Uh, France is is easily going to be number one. The only reason I think if France struggles against Switzerland, I think Switzerland may... Take the group, like if they have two it'll wins be, heading into it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it's going to be a it's France Switzerland one two depending on how you like it. Yeah, I, I think uh, Romania could eke points away from teams. I'm not sure it'd be enough. Like I think that they could be one of those teams that like gets a draw against France or Switzerland, but that just adds one point to your tally, which in a group mm-hmm. phase isn't really that helpful. But I do think Romania should be one of the teams that are expected to go through as one of the better third place teams. Yeah, absolutely. Um, All right, so now we can head into Group B. I get to talk about England, which I'm sure everyone is concerned about because they have Tottenham players. I'm only going to list one. Harry Kane, there's little doubt in my mind he's going to lock up the starting spot for England. It could be next to Vardy or Sturridge or Rooney or in front of Rooney, who may drop in behind him. The question mark for me is ownership. He's a big-name player. You talked about teams that were playing for things late in the year. Obviously, Tottenham had the title run. It fell short. But Tottenham were a big storyline heading into the end of the year. I think that's fresh in a lot of people's minds. Wins the golden boot. 30% of teams already own him. There's no differential there. As a less biased person, are you worried about playing time at all? Are you worried that England won't be able to score the goals? Are you worried about differential? Or do you think he's worth it for the price? Which is surprisingly low considering what he did this season. No, I think I think England will definitely score goals. I mean, this is there's not many changes on this team from the qualifying team where they scored 33 goals. Um, 
the thing I think Kane plays, and I think Vardy plays on the wing, which is not where he suits. Not and I think for him at all. Yeah. No, because uh, Vardy's an over the top kind of player, and Kane is a look at me, give me the ball, I'm going to shoot and score. Um, so I think when when all said and done, I think England plays Kane at the top, Vardy on one of the wings, uh, and they he probably switches sides due to defensive matchups because he'll probably find a a nice cushion there. Um, but no, I, and I think Vardy would probably be the first sub later in games because they probably want to change things up to defensively to get either Sterling or someone other, another a different, a different kind of attacker on on the pitch, like a Rashford. Maybe go two up top. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm I'm fine with Kane, and I think he's at nine five, right? Like that's super fine. Eight. Eight five. Eight five. Yeah, that's an absolute song. I I think you kind of have to gamble on that as one of your forwards, considering the higher price of some people around him, <laughs> one of which we'll get to later with Wales. Um, Wayne Rooney had the second most appearances in qualifying, found his form late in the season, really slows things down. But he'll probably be in a pocket behind the front, too. You have to think he's going to start more games than not, right? Like, not for the benefit of them, but just because of Roy? Yeah, I mean, he's he's the, the center of the center of the pitch behind Kane, to me. I think he kind of has to start that way, and then... Like it, it's like a lot of the other defenders. I think a lot of the English substitutions are going to be made up top. I think the, the English defense, unless somebody gets injured or trouble with cards, is is going to be Rose Small and Cahill Walker. Just roll with yeah. it. I, yeah, I think Klein is closer to Walker, yeah. obviously, yeah. than and then, Bertrand yeah. is to Rose. But yeah, and then when the England has the lead, they'll sub in Dyer for whoever the defensive midfielder is, like a Wilshire, Lalana, somebody. Somebody of that ilk. Mm. Or, or Henderson, even, if he can get in there. It's, it's yep. going to be really interesting. I'm, I'm glad we're talking about the midfield because I have very little interest in the midfielders. I think the existence of Rooney makes Ali pretty unownable. I know that he's been starting most of the matches recently, and he's one of the more dynamic players, which is needed. But the fact that Rooney is in the spot where Ali needs to be to really create the most chances, I think hurts both of their values. <laughs> I don't want to have to decide between... Wilshire, Henderson, Barkley, Dyer. I, I just don't want to play that game at all. Milner. Wait, positions. did Lallana did Lallana even make did Lallana make yeah. the squad? Yeah, he right. came on today. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure wasn't sure if he did or didn't. I know that somebody got left. Uh, oh, Andres Townsend. That's the guy who got left. Yeah. I couldn't remember who it was. Yeah. Which is which is phenomenal to me that that Jack Wilshire is on the team and Andres Townsend isn't because Jack Wilshire is a game changer to me. Yeah, and and Drinkwater anyway. got dropped at the end, which a lot of people had issue with but drink water wasn't gonna win you the game he'll keep you in the game and you know it's it's fine it's just kind of yeah it's 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 what it is good job roy good team (laughs) yeah although they have no width which is the issue with dropping pounds in but that's a whole different thing um smalling terrific fpl season obviously only three center backs included in roy hodgson's squad so you got to be pretty confident he gets on the score sheet again today. Would have been 15 fantasy points, which is obviously very good. Not super stellar in qualifying, though. I, I mean, the entire England defense, not just Smalling. I'm not sure I love him. I don't love Hart. Uh, I, I think I'm staying away from it. Yeah. If you're going to own one, I, I always think that Rose is the best option because he's more short of playing time. I wonder why. Hey, man, he had the most assists of any defender in FPL this year, and that's even with those two random months where he was playing every other match. Not in history, because that's John Terry. Oh. Huh. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, he had seven assists this year, which 
<laughs> By the way, I said that he'd finish top three at the beginning of the year, but that's fine. <laughs> um, but anyway, like I said, he's much further ahead of Bertrand than Klein and Walker, who I think you could take or leave, although Walker did win player of the match today. Um, but for Price, I'm probably leaning that way. You can do Smalling if you want. You know, you and I have this intrinsic disagreement on center backs versus wing backs. Um, but I'd probably be leaning Rose. Yeah. All right. Do you, you got any last thoughts on the England guys? No, I mean, it's, I'm, I think most of these guys, I said it before with, uh, when we were touching on the, the bigger names in this, a lot of players who play this play FPL and they prefer guys who are known. So, I think a lot of the English guys are very overrated and overowned. I think Kane is slightly overowned at thirty percent. I think the only guy that I would probably own from the England team currently right now is Chris Smalling because I think he's guaranteed to play every single game. Yeah, and and minutes played is one of those super underrated statistics in fantasy. While everybody's out chasing like expected goals and stuff, mm-hmm. minutes played and total touches are your best friend. When deciding Absolutely. who's going to be most involved. I know they're harder to find for the Euros than for the Premier League, but that's just a general piece of advice from me. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. I will take you, let you take the lead here on Russia, but I will probably interrupt you because I actually have a lot of players I like from this team. Yeah, I, I, I like a lot of guys, but they're like sneaky sleeper guys. They're not like, hey, I know that guy. He, he lives down the street from me and serves me soup. <laughs> and Pierogi. You, know, you know, like the goalkeeper, Akinfev. I like him. If you, it, I know they have a little bit of a goalie thing there. They're trying to change over who who takes over. But yeah, like it's Spain. They're dealing with the same yeah. thing with Casillas. Yeah. So I don't know. Akinfev is is definitely the guy there because he's you know the veteran presence. But I don't like their group matchups enough, and Russia isn't enough. Doesn't have enough going for them as a whole team to be, you know, the guy. Uh, defensively, there's there's a lot of guys that are are decent that that could do something. Uh, Berezutsky is very very good. Shenikov is good. You know, these are guys that they're not like primary guys that you'll know. But if you've watched them when they play around the world, they play a very intrinsic game within their own country. Most of them play for you know Zagreb or or Kiev or you know. That's in Croatia, Ukraine. Um, well, but, <laughs> like Seska, no, Moscow, in their, not, and, no. I'm and, saying they play it like where they play in their own in the in their, their league football. I'm saying they play intrinsic with their own team. Not not saying they all play in their own country. Yeah, yeah. well, like Seska and Dynamo are are probably yeah, the two best yeah, Russian teams yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. where, where Berezinski so, is at one, and a couple of the guys I'm going to mention are done it. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but a lot of these guys, I, I said it before to Kevin, and, and he laughed at me, but he said, that's a great strategy. Listen, if you can't pronounce his name, he probably shouldn't be on your team. So that's, <laughs> yeah, you know, I like so, that. I mean, through the midfield, uh, Cherishev, he's, he does decent. I mean, I mean, these are guys everybody knows. If you look up their stats, they'll tell you what they are. I mean, I'm just sitting here telling you because I can't pronounce their names because I'm awful at Russian accents. But the, the one guy who, if you're going to own a Russian guy, to me is Dzuba. Dzuba, whatever. yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and he's a forward. He's priced at 8.0. But if you're going to punt on a, on a forward option, him at, eight, him at 8.0 or Kane at 8.5, I'd rather punt on Kane at 8.5 because the .5 could be made up somewhere else with a defender or a midfielder to me, but that's just me. I mean, I, but I do like a lot of these guys as cheap, like, differential options that nobody's really going to own. Uh, if you look at their ownership, you know, on the official site, the only person that is owned more than 1% is Akinfev. So yeah. there's definitely a differential there. And they have, you know, 
Wales is not a super powerhouse. Slovakia is not a super powerhouse. So they're going to have there's goals to be scored, and Russia can score. They have they do put up good goal totals, you know. So I would probably plan for them to the games that they aren't playing England. But even then, England ships a lot of goals. They ship a lot of goals in qualifying, and they scored a lot of goals. So you know this this group is going to be could be wide open if England stumbles. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I totally agree with you on Zuba. Last week we kind of debated what you lean more towards club and country form. I, I tend to lean a little closer to club. You tend to lean a little closer to country, <laughs> but Zuba is the perfect blend of both. He had eight goals and two assists in a qualification, six goals and two assists in the champions league, 15 and nine in the Russian league. He is a monster of a man. He's six, four. He has some muscle behind it. Great with his head. Great with his feet. I, I think he's, he's a player that probably should have changed leagues like a year ago. And I'm worried he's going to be one of those players like Kaisuke Honda used to be, where it's a really talented player that just gets locked away in Russia and you never get to see him. But I I really rate Artem Zuba. I think he's a very, very talented player. Now, you mentioned the low stats because I'm not bringing him in against England. England have for better. No, it's not for better or worse. It is for better. England has a lot of sins in their team makeup, but they do have strong and tall center backs. Mm -hmm. which is something that he doesn't have to face a lot. It's kind of like when the Big Ten always thinks they're going to beat the SEC because the Big Ten has big players and fast players, but they play the SEC where they're big and fast. Zuba has to face a lot of tall defenders and a lot of quicker defenders, but they're usually not in the same thing. I think the mobility of Smalling will cause him problems, and having to get through probably Dyer in the midfield it's not as advantageous. So what I'm personally doing is I have Milliken for the first week because they have a much kinder matchup. And then I'm going to switch to Zuba against Slovakia and Wales. Wales, of course, Ashley Williams, their best center back is six foot even. I think, and, and we've seen from both Swansea and the Welsh national team how susceptible they are to set pieces. I think Zuba is just going to chuckle through that game. Um, not that they'll automatically win it, but I think he's, he has a very good chance of scoring a goal. I also like Kokoran finish second in goals and assists behind Zuba. A bit like Shakiri though, where his listening hurts him because he's probably going to be playing out wide, but he's listed as a forward, which sees some of your value. Who are you going to drop to get him in there? Probably not many people. Um, he'll probably get a lot of minutes because they're missing Jagoyev, which is really unfortunate for both the player because he probably could have gotten a move off this tournament and for Russia because he helps create a lot of opportunity. So, it's kind of a love-hate thing with Kalkaran in regards to Jagoyev because now he'll get more minutes, but they'll have less chances overall. Um, so just heads up on that. Akinfeyev is not the keeper he once was, by the way. I, I no, love him historically, and what he did at the 2010 World Cup was very impressive. But I'm not a huge fan. I think Akinfeyev's value is from what you were kind of alluding to earlier, which is, uh, again, like the Romanian national team a very well organized defense a very stout team um that'll mm-hmm. prevent a lot of chances to get to him you aren't going to be hoping for him to get a lot of save opportunities you want him to not have to do a whole lot and pick up his clean sheet and call it a day mm-hmm. yeah that's definitely what you're hoping from a russian team you want him to be just there if they stick to the plan russia wins a lot of their games you know if they get outplayed you'll, you'll see it immediately yeah, I, I think that Russia are going to be the steady team in this group. Like, Russia will have a B-level performance in every game. Mm-hmm. Like, England can have A matches and C matches, which you don't want as much in tournament play. But Russia yeah. will keep all of their games close, and I think that they're pretty much locked on more than anyone to advance. 
Yeah. Which is maybe a hot cake. I don't know. That's <laughs> hashtag hotcakes. Um, okay. <laughs> but anyway, I, I really like this Russian side. Like I said, I, I, Jagoyev is a big miss. Um, and Cheryshev hasn't been involved as much as he probably should be. He offers pace, which is something that is not there in abundance. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think he might be more of kind of a super sub, but a little yeah. bit like Mitrovic towards the end of the year, where he mm-hmm. did enough in his 30 minutes to still make him ownable, especially because he isn't crazily priced. Yeah, that's a good call. All right, cool. So on to Slovakia. Um, we were talking about names earlier. This is this is kind of an adventure. Um, well, Slovakia. So this could be a quick. This could be a quick discussion because of all the teams in the tournament, I think Slovakia is one of the worst. Interesting. I, I do think there are some names worth paying attention to. I agree with you. I think they're to quote Mourinho, the little horse in this group of three. Like Wales can have a great day because they have some top tier players. England can have a great day. Russia will have pretty good days, but every day. But I'm thinking. I'm. Ta- but I'm talking from a fantasy perspective. They're yeah, probably yeah. the worst. The worst team. There's probably only two know, guys man. on here. That- Albania. <laughs> but, no, Albania um, has an American. So I mean, an MLS player. So they're not too bad. <laughs> Hashtag bias. Um, but yeah, they're coming in fourth. Unless something crazy happens. Although a lot of people might be hyped up because they had a great performance recently and won against what was a half-hearted Germany side. I think Mark Hamschick, the more I was researching him, the more interested I am. I assumed that I wouldn't be. I thought 7-5 was too high. But he did get five goals and two assists in ten starts, which led the team during qualifying. They've Sorry, excuse me. This is a side effect of drinking during the show. (laughs) They uh, scored two-plus goals in six of their last ten matches. As a country, which I, I think is higher than most people would think. Um, I think it could actually be value for a 7-5. I don't super believe in the Wales defense. Russia and England, a little tougher. But I think I think Hamshik is ownable at least for the first match. Um, and 7-5, like I said, I thought it was too high. But the more I looked into the stats, the more I was fine with it. Mm-hmm. Um, Vice is interesting just because he's a full buck cheaper than Hamshik. Um, finished qualifying with uh, the most assists. And does play out wide, but is listed as a midfielder. So unlike some of the other guys, he is actually listed appropriately. And then you have Martin Skirtle. They kept five clean sheets throughout qualifying. Not the worst idea. Didn't have a great PL season. Often left out of the side. Often came on and then they immediately conceded two goals. Doesn't really attack much at all. But it's a name worth knowing. Yeah, he's a, na- he's a name that everybody recognizes. So his ownership will reflect that yeah but uh but Hamshik is the is the guy that if you're looking for a fifth midfielder in this in this format and you want to load up on guys that are priced at nine nine and or more Hamshik is the guy to 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 fill out the fifth spot for me yeah that's no. all I have to say about Slovakia because there's <laughs> there really like I said there really isn't much their forward play uh, are guys that are either long in the tooth and they're just been with the team for a while or they're youngsters that really don't play much for their own their own league team. Yeah. You know, Doris, Vidic, Nemich, you know, Sestak. They they're all they're all second tier striker options for basically their own club team. Yeah, yeah. Not 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 one of those sides where you're like, oh, there's a lot of value here. Um by yeah. any stretch. Uh <laughs> all right, so now on to Wales, which I think will be the most topsy turvy team in this. Yeah. They could win the yeah. group, they could finish third. Uh, it's really up in the air for me. What's your take on it's, the Welsh guys? You know, Wales from a fantasy perspective is all about Chris 
I always say Christian Bale. I always say Christian Bale. <laughs> I always want to say Batman. Didn't um, Alex Ferguson do that? Yeah. Like the I first always, big Bailey, yeah, he called him Christian Bale. He was worried about yeah, what he'd do the, to the defense. The guy from, the, yeah, Christian, Christian Bale. Gareth Bale. It, Wales is only going to go as far as teams don't take away Bale. So if Bale is in, every, in the play and he's having fluid movement around the pitch and not getting changed off his runs, Wales will do well. The guy that I think will have a, a, the best tournament for Wales is Aaron Ramsey. I think Aaron yeah. Ramsey, for the price point at 7.5, him at Hamshik are the perfect fifth midfielder of, for guys that can do things for their team through the center of the pitch. Aaron Ramsey is very involved for the Arsenal attack, and he gets involved for the Welsh attack very, very well. Him and Bale are going to be a good connection. So I think if you own Bale, I think you own double down own Ramsey on the games where they have interesting matchups. I'd probably even play them against England because it's a nice grudge match. I'd probably sit him against a team like Russia because I don't think Bale plays well against physical teams because he doesn't get it enough in the in his own league. Um, so yeah, Aaron Ramsey, he's only owned in 5% of leagues, 7.5. And even, I even think that 5% is, is exaggerated because he's a known name yeah. for this format. Um, you know, through the defense, they're kind of old. You know, Ashley Williams. I mean, he sounds like a paint store. Um, Ask Sherwin Williams. <laughs> Ask Ashley Williams. Yeah, you know, they have guys that are they have guys that are questionable even in in the Premier League. You know, Paul Dummett, Neil Taylor. I know you. I know you have a hankering for Neil Taylor. You got a whole five hundred word, word paragraph. <laughs> I'm almost guaranteeing it. Uh, you know, they have they have Joe Allen. I mean, through the midfield. Everybody, everybody on their team is is a known entity because they all play mostly in the Premier League or in the Championship for top flight teams. You know, Joel Dudley. I know he's he's struggling with an injury. I don't know if he's going to make it or not. Um, but yeah, they're all guys that are worth looking at for games where they probably play Slovakia only. That's my take. Uh, I but if you're going to own Bale, own Ramsey as well because you might as well double down because. If Bale gets the ball, it's most likely going to be from Ramsey because they really don't have any other playmakers there that are going to be in the middle of the pitch setting up Bale. But that's mm-hmm. just my take. Yeah, I, I like Joe Allen, and if Joe Ledley is fit, I think that really benefits all parties. Um, the one thing about Aaron Ramsey is if Joe Ledley isn't ready to go, Ramsey will probably have to track back more, which he's fully capable of doing, but it gives him less opportunities to be involved in the attack. Um which he's also good at. I'm, <laughs> I'm not biased enough to think that Aaron Ramsey is not a good football player, nor that he's a very impactful for Wales. He obviously is. Um, but that would be my one kind of hesitance there. Um, <laughs> nobody has to convince you how good Bale is. Um, I agree with you on Russia. Like I said, very good defensively, but they lack pace. Which, if Bale can get into the open, will really help him. But it's it's kind of like Mertesacker in that... How good is the positioning in relation to the speed? Because I do agree with you. If if they set a very firm line, it'll be hard for Bale to get through them. But if he gets behind mm-hmm. them, it's it's a goal. <laughs> Just simple as. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. The the Neil Taylor thing, I've calmed down on a little bit since I texted you. I was like, Neil Taylor is the greatest player of all time. Um, <laughs> Just because I'm worried about minutes. I know sometimes they've played him and Davis on the left with one as a quote-unquote winger. And then they just basically take turns going forward. It's kind of strange at times. Um, but no, I, I, I do like what Neil Taylor's done. Tied for a second most 
uh, appearances with nine during uh, qualification. Gets forward plenty enough. Um, they, they like to play with their wingbacks getting forward. Like I said, sometimes they do double up over there. They like to play a 5-3-2-ish sometimes. Um, and I think you might be benefited a little bit more in the non- you know, FPL format, which is what's being used by the Euros. But seven clean sheets in qualifying is very solid. You know, I think that Russia can take advantage of their height. I think England probably gets on the score sheet. I think that'll be a very fun watch, by the way. England-Wales. Obviously, there's a huge rivalry there, but I think that the way they kind of match up is really interesting. And you have the fact that, like you mentioned, most of these players have played against each other. Because most of them have been in England for for their career. So that'll be an interesting caveat. But yeah, I've cooled on Neil Taylor a little bit. But I do think he's a really interesting option, especially for Price. I don't think you can own Ben Davis. Mm-mm. No. The, own, the ownable options for, for Wales are, are few. Ben Ramsey Taylor, you can make an argument for Williams. I think yeah. that's, that's what it breaks yeah. down to. All right. So for this group, I think this is much tougher than Group A. Hit me with your one and two that are automatically going through. I think it's Russia one, England two. I agree with that. I think England could get caught out by the Wales rivalry, mm-hmm. and but then I, I think, Wales could I think Russia, Russia beats. I think either Russia beats or ties England, and Slovakia takes a game from ties England, and that that steals their mojo, and Russia sneaks in there. Yeah, I think that the big difference between Russia now and at the World Cup and at the previous Euros is Artem Zuba. They have a man up front that they can fully trust, as opposed to last time with um, Zhir- not Zhirkov. Oh, crap. Oh, this is going to kill me. Zhirkov? Uh, was it Zhirkov? You're Zhirkov? No, he was a wingback, right? Oh, man. This makes me feel real sad. Um, definitely not stalling. <laughs> look it up. I'll, I'll, I'll throw back to it later. I'll, I'll look it up, Paul. Uh, we're searching on the next group. I agree with you. I think Russia are easily... In the top two. I, I think England could pip it, but it'd be something like, I don't know, like 7-6, where Russia mm-hmm. gets two wins, England maybe two wins and a draw. I don't know. Um, but I, I, I like Russia and England to go through. Wales, I love this Welsh team a lot because, you know, of Bale and Davis and that tie to the, to the Tottenham guys. And they can outscore anyone in this group on Bale's day. I'm just not sure how reliable it's going to be. Like I said, Wales could win this group if balls mm-hmm. fall their way. Oh, correctly. absolutely. Like, this is a very tight and weird setup where you have Russia, who's better defensively than in attack. You have Wales, who's better in attack than in defense. And England, that's kind of B-plus at both. So it, this this could go a whole bunch of different ways. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think England and Russia are the two that automatically go through as of right now. Um, all right, so now we can head into uh, Group C. We'll lead off with Germany. I'll let you talk about this for about 20 minutes to fit all their players that are relevant. Yeah, the thing with Germany is this is one of those teams where you're limited to three. Just look at the ownership of some of these guys. Neuer, 37%. Boateng, 29%. Hummels, 24%. Oltzel, 24%. Müller, 33%. I mean, those guys are all in the top five for their positions in ownership right now. So, but the good thing about Germany is they have enough to go around roster-wise that everybody's an asset on the fantasy pitch. 
because except for Neuer, because he's going to play every game. And it's a shame because they, they have two. They have basically the whole German team. They could fill eleven goalies, and they'd probably be better than most <laughs> other teams. Eleven other goalies. Uh, it's a shame because Leno is is right behind him, and Trap is no 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 slouch, and Ter Stegen is no slouch either, yeah. and Weidenfeller is no slouch either. But you know, none of those guys are going to see the pitch. But anyway. So, so Neuer is the star goalie in this, in I believe in this format, only because I think Germany is probably the best team in this format uh, overall. I think Germany is the best team. Um, but defensively, when I'm looking at guys and that I want to start my team with, uh, Boateng is the guy that jumps out to me. Is the first guy that I'm rostering. I don't care about you know that he's owned in 29. percent He's his six price tag is the price you want to pay for a premium defender on a good team. He's basically, if you're comparing him to someone in the Premier League, he's basically, you know, like a Hector Bellerin, somebody of that ilk. Uh, Hummels, to me, uh, for this format and his, and his price tag and his ownership is bad. If this was a draft format, Hummels would be one of my first three defenders taken because he's basically plays the German Iniesta role where he's basically the, the upflow to the start of the offense. Uh on, the, on other defense, you know, Hoivadez is, is great. Rose Kretz is good. Um, a lot of these guys are probably good roster differentials. But the thing with Germany is uh, once they probably advance from this group, the last game, they'll probably sit one or two of these guys and you may be left out in a lurch. So you got to pay attention to who they roster when and when they clinch the group. I'm being optimistic because I just said that Germany is the best team in this group. Through the midfield – uh, Mesut Ozil is probably very appealing to everyone because he's they're familiar with the FPL format. His price tag is conducive at eight point five. He's not way overpriced as like a Mario Götze. Uh, assists are king, and he proved it this year in the FPL format. And he he's basically the same kind of player that he is with Arsenal as he is with Germany. He plays that wide role. He's a very you know a facilitator of the ball. Uh, I don't see anybody else there, you know, Tony Cruz, Marco Royce. I don't think anybody gets in there to take away his ability to get the ball up top to Mueller. Uh, and then for the forward spot, I don't really think anybody but Mueller is ownable in a fantasy. I don't think Gomez or Podolski feature enough to give you the fantasy returns that other guys and that price point of 8.0 and 7.0 that Gomez and Podolski are at. Uh, Muller, I don't think, is worth the 10.5. I'd probably look somewhere else, uh, especially in this group, and pay another dollar um, for. But that's just me. I, Germany, they're probably going to score, and I just don't trust Muller enough to, to warrant his price tag, especially with the other options uh, through the midfield around him that are just phenomenal all-around team. Germany plays probably the best all-around team football in the world. Um, so, yeah, that's that's my take on Germany. I probably can go another 20 minutes, but I'll, I'll slow right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, by the way, uh, Kerzhikov was the player I was trying to think of. Kerzhikov, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, he I missed, it and I remember him missing pretty easy chances and some pretty big moments for them. So having Zuba makes the difference yeah. for them. Okay. <laughs> now on to Germany. Um I agree with you a lot. Um, I I do like Utzel. I don't know how much of that is just me lusting after a player I wasn't allowed to own in the FPL season. Um, are you 
I I just really am worried about this whole midfield. I don't know how it's all going to shake out yet. So, like, you favor them in the Ukraine match, maybe not the Poland match as much, definitely the Northern Ireland match. Do you think it's fine? Like, because ideally, if you knew who all was starting, it, it'd be easy to own three German players. But are you fine maybe just owning one or two and waiting to see how it shakes out first? So, totally. I, I, I'd be fine with owning, I'd be fine with owning two. And I think Boateng and Ozil are the owns here. I think Germany, they'll play a 3-1-3, three, three, you know, one kind of an exaggerated stagger where Hummels plays above the defense a little bit. And he plays, like I said, that Iniesta role. Mm. But that's the, that's just what I've seen from them in the last couple of games. They basically play a flat three with Hummels in, top, Hummels in front. Yeah. Uh, I, I think an interesting thing is we saw Benedict Choedes at um, mm-hmm. right back in the World Cup. We haven't seen it as much in qualifying. But at 5.0, I think it's a really interesting gamble. And uh, Jonas Hector, you know, classic Bavarian German name, Jonas Hector. Um, but he's the only left back in the squad. Mm-hmm. Decent cross, two assists in qualifying at just 5.5. I think that interestingly, in one of the best teams in the tournament, there are actually still differential options at the back. Um, and so anyway, I'd probably lean more Hector than Huades, even though I like Huades, <laughs> again, pronunciation, I like him more. Like, I've wanted him for ages, and he can also play center back. So I think mm-hmm. it might be like the Griezmann thing, where some matches he might be playing right back, some he might be playing center back to spell them. Um, anyway, that's that's my brief thing. Again, yeah, we could talk about Germany forever. Um, but I don't feel great about the whole midfield region. I think it could get real messy real fast. Yeah, there's um, there's no there's nobody else there that's jumping out to you that you have total confidence is besides Ozil. If you want to be the anti Ozil, you go Cruz. That's the only guy I could see other than other than Ozil being a fantasy asset and yeah, probably I mean, being Gutsa, in the in the top I mean, twenty in scoring for Germany. Gutsa could be in there with a shout. I, I don't know. I I just feel like this is a, a, a quagmire, and you're just going to be really frustrated that you own the wrong one after like every match. Um. Yeah. I will move on to Northern Ireland. I am no Steve McGookin, uh, who comes on the EPL roundtable, so I'm not as brilliant uh, in regards to them. Um, obviously, they're probably the, the team with the least chance of getting out of this group. Um, I'm going to start off with Stephen Davis. Like we've said before, I tend to lean a little more towards club form. I don't like that Kyle Lafferty was all over the place, not playing for Norwich, had to go on loan to Birmingham, only scored once for them. But Stephen Davis played 34 of Southampton's 38 matches, was captain a lot of that, five goals, three assists, two in a very high-pressure match against Tottenham. I've mentioned that I, I really like Davis before um, in in draft formats mm-hmm. because he, he just he gets all of them. He, he racks up your tackles, your assists, your chances created. He even sends in a cross or two. Um, so anyway, I think Stephen Davis... While Lafferty is the big name and he scored loads of goals in qualifying, I think Davis is the more consistent play here. Now, are you confident that they're keeping clean sheets or scoring goals against Poland, Ukraine, and Germany? Maybe no. not. Um, no. But anyway, that's that's my take on that. Lafferty, as I mentioned, Norwich, Birmingham, he was all over the place, not a fan. And uh, my take on Will Grigg is that he's on fire. Yeah, I mean... Roster-wise, you kind of want to throw Will Gregg on your team only because it's the trendy thing to do. But yeah, Lafferty was the... Yeah, 
Lafferty was the. By the way, did you hear that it's in the top twenty in England? Somebody made like a dance song to it now. It's in the top oh, twenty wow. in the UK. I'm not yeah, even a little crazy. surprised. That's the problem. I should be yeah, like, what? Uh, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. But uh, Lafferty scored tons of goals, like you said, in qualifying, and he's the shot. He's the guy that everyone will look at as probably one of the bigger differentials. Basically, I look at Lafferty as I look at like uh, an FPL call up, like Odion Agalu or somebody like that, who's the cheapest. You know, cheap. He's cheap at seven dot oh, but he he's probably not going to be owned enough until he starts doing something. Will he probably get one or two cheap goals? Yeah, but you don't want to you don't want to risk it against teams that are in this division that are all stout defensively. Germany's awesome defensively. Ukraine was the highest scoring defensive team in qualifying, uh, and you know who's the other team? Oh. Yeah, you, Poland is no no doubt, no joke either. Yeah. So, you know, uh, yeah, the only person for me, like you said, I, there's only one person that's even rosterable on, on Northern Ireland, and I compared to everyone else, it's Stephen Davis. He's a very streaky player. He'll be involved in play up in – but like you said, if this was a draft format, he'd probably be, you know, have an extra shiny star next to him, but it's not, and he's probably not going to get many, you know, assists or goals, and the clean sheet uh, – is just not going to be there for the Northern Ireland. Uh, so, yeah, Northern Ireland is not someone that I would probably lean on for a fantasy team to fill out. But So we'll move right on to Poland. Poland is pretty easy for me. Uh, when I first, picked, when I first uh, filled out my team, they were one of the first teams that I put guys in my team and they, that I picked teams from. Lewandowski for me is the number one guy that I put on my team. He's the first player that I automatically fit in a, into my team. I don't care what his price is. It's 11.5. He's only only 12% of the league, which comparably is look at Kane's yeah, ownership I think a lot 30% of people are put off by the price. Yeah, and that and that's fine because you know what? There's plenty there's more options in this game with better start players than in other formats. So if you can't make out a team and and spend eleven dot five on probably the highest scoring guy in he was the highest scoring guy in qualifying and he's probably gonna be the highest scoring guy here if Pol- if Polo can get through this group. Uh but yeah. So I would probably steer away from any of the defenders in for Poland in their Germany game. Other games, you could probably roll one, but I probably wouldn't. Pizicek through the midfield is probably the only op- ownable option through the midfield for the Polish team because a lot of the guys. Wait, is he listed look- in the midfield? Pizicek. Pizicek. Hold on. He should be. A, he should be a defender. He should be a right back. I could be wrong. Like oh, you're right. I'm, okay. I'm sorry. That, All right. Cool. I, I said <laughs> Pizicek is, is. Yeah, defender. Defender wise, Pizicek is the guy that, except for when they're playing Germany. You, you don't want to be in that conundrum because Germany, I think, puts up at least one. I mean, let's give let's give them a break here. I think they put up one. Uh, the, a good differential through the midfield is, is uh, Kuchowiak. You know, he's he's basically. I'll I'll, I'll give him this. Kuchowiak is basically the poor man's Aaron Ramsey, the unknown Aaron Ramsey for the for the Polish team. He's he's going to be getting the ball to to Lewandowski, and you know, not many many people know about him right away. So you may be able to capitalize on his ownership, which is only 2% right now for the first game, which is against Northern Ireland, which I think they probably put up a couple. What do you think, Kev? They'll put up a couple against Northern Ireland? <laughs> yeah, I think they will. I'm not so sure about Krzyzowiak, Um, because the way they've been rolling out recently, they, they started off with a two-striker formation. Now they're playing a little bit more of a 4-2-3-1. Um, and 
And now I'm going to go on a rant about Arcutiaj Milik um, from Ajax. Love watching him at Ajax. Commentators always say his last name, not his first name. So don't blame me too much on that. But they're one of the few teams with two fully viable forwards. They didn't get things clicking in their friendly against the Netherlands, which has put a little bit of a damp blanket on my Milik love. Um, but he was facing primarily Eredivisie defenders who have seen him play throughout the season. Um, and then Joel Veltman, who goes up against him in training. But Milik finished second in goals with six, first in assists, six for Poland throughout qualifying, and had 21 goals and eight assists in the Eredivisie this year. I think he's a better option as defenses are going to overcompensate on Lewandowski. Milik is playing behind him now. Like they were early in qualifying, they were playing next to each other. Now Milik is playing a step behind him, which is kind of cutting off the line of Kuczynowiak. Man, these are hard. And he's 4.0 cheaper than Lewandowski. Like, I I understand that there's value in owning a category winner. It's one of the reasons why in my season review I was saying Kane and Utzel are automatically going to be my team next year from day one. Because getting the category winners is really crucial. But I think for 4.0 fully cheaper, especially the first match against Northern Ireland, I obviously Lewandowski is more likely to score against Germany. But I think Poland could easily get two plus in the first match against Northern Ireland. I just really, really love Arkadusz Milik. Arkadusz Milik. Yeah, I'm. I, I like him too. I just think that you know, for the seven dot five, I I'd rather put it. Would you rather roll Milik or Vardy? Milik, not even a little bit close because he's actually playing in a more dangerous position. Like Vardy could be dangerous on the wing, but he he doesn't know how to do it. Like. It took Vardy six years to learn how to be a forward. And now we're trying to shove him out wide where he has quickness. He doesn't necessarily have top flight pace. He doesn't have a great cross on him. Him being out wide is a lot less helpful than Milik just being about five yards back. For me, anyway. But just because he's listed on the the wide, the width of the pitch doesn't mean he's going to stay there. I'm just saying. True, but we saw Rooney forcing Kane and Vardy wide today. Yeah. Because it's hard for them... I'd assume, you know, I'm not in their heads, but I assume mm-hmm. it's hard to tell Rooney no in that oh, team. Absolutely. So he kept bombing forward and pushing Kane wide. Kane was taking set pieces, by the way. If mm-hmm. you were like, why didn't Kane bring up set pieces? Kevin always talks about how set pieces makes players more valuable. Yeah, not Kane's, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's not good at them. Is That's a big part of that, is if they're good at it. <laughs> it, it he, was, he was practicing something. Why wasn't Milner taking them? I don't yeah. understand. Yeah. Like, I don't even Milner. like James Milner, but he is much better than Kane in those situations. And he's not very good. And he's he's either, upper, he's either really good or really bad. There's no in-between with Milner. Yeah. In today's, in today's squad, in order of players that can actually cross the ball, it might be Milner than Rose. Do you know how troubling that must be? Yeah. Because there aren't yeah. wingers in this squad. I mean, no. Sterling got into the game late, but he's still learning how to actually cross the ball because he's been playing inverted so long. Mm-hmm. It's it's not. Don't look for lots of crosses in the England squad. And, and this is where a team, a player like Daniel Drinkwater, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, because he can drift out and send a ball. In. Um. Anyway, yeah. No, I agree on peace check. Had seven assists for Dortmund this year. Hasn't had as much of an impact on the national team, but he, he loves just getting up and down that that uh, side. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Blushkovsky, too expensive for my taste. Camille Glick, I think, is interesting. He had an amazing 14-15. They really put him on a lot of people's radar. Didn't really back it up as much this year. Did help Torino to a top 10 finish uh, in goals allowed uh, in this area. Might be a player that is worth a shout in the first match. See how he does. But, you know, I, it's very unlikely that you're going to keep him <laughs> against Germany. But I, I think it could be interesting, and he's pretty cheap. Um, any further thoughts on Poland or time to move on? Yeah, don't don't pick up whatever Kevin says. The Arjuzu Milik. I love Milik. He's going to be in my team. Faux show. But like I said, I'm probably going to switch to Zuba for the second match to avoid the German yeah. matchup. And then get the scrolling, 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 scrolling. Uh, do, 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 do. This is great radio. Uh, Slovakia for Artem Zuba. That, I feel like starting off with Milik against Northern Ireland and avoiding the England defense and then switching to Zuba, getting Slovakia, avoiding the Germany defense makes a lot of sense to me. We haven't really talked a lot about pairings and rotation. That's a pretty yeah. easy one. They're similar in price. It, it, I, I just think it's pretty easy. Yeah, I kind of was, I was thinking the same thing with Dezuba. Uh, I but I don't have Milik in. I have uh, Arnautovic, who we'll touch on Ooh. on the next. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have Arnautovic. He's uh, your and boy. Then I was going to switch, and then I was going to switch because uh, Austria has Hungary first, and then uh, Portugal second. Yeah. So big, that big would rivalry. Be, that would be the natural between yeah. Austria. Oh, and Hungary. totally huge. It's really interesting. Huge. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, I will uh, get into Ukraine a little bit. Not the Ukraine. Really touchy about that. Um, Konoplyanka, eight goals, nine assists for Sevilla this season in his first year. Two goals in qualifying as well. I like him at 7-5. Yarmolenko did lead the team in goals and assists. And you kind of got to point the needle his way a little bit. But then you're in that dilemma again of Yarmolenko being listed as a forward, which probably isn't incorrect. But then you're wondering what forwards are you dropping considering Mm -hmm. he's at 8-5. I just feel like it's too expensive for this team. You're definitely not starting him against Germany. You're waiting to see how well Poland fare against Northern Ireland's defense because they're not awful. You got Johnny Evans in there. Maybe. Oh, my gosh. I'm not actually sure he made the team. (laughs) We're going to fingers cross it on me thinking that Johnny Evans made the team. It should be Johnny Evans and James Chester, I want to say. Man, if I'm wrong, that's not going to be great. (laughs) But... um. I, I really like Konoplyanka. I think he's the more dangerous listed as a midfielder. Yeah. I, I, I'm leaning Konoplyanka. I, I'm not really wanting to mess with any defenders here. I think you're picking... If if you want a Ukrainian player, I think you're choosing between Konoplyanka and Yarmolenko, and you don't want to do it match week one anyway, so you have some time to decide. Yeah. Uh, I For the Ukrainian guys, uh, there, there's four guys that are... Basically, I've practiced pronouncing their names, and that's it. It's Piotov and Shevchuk on a defensive tip. But the only problem is that they're in a bad group to try to capitalize like they were in yeah. qualifying. Those two guys were the top-scoring goalie and defender in qualifying, but they don't have any you know, meatballs in this, in this group at all. So I'd probably lean against taking a defender unless you want to load up from the, when they play Northern Ireland and, and roll the dice. Uh, Konal Plyanka through the midfield I think is more enticing because I think he's more he's easier to fit into your midfield with five than Yarmolenko is up top with three. Uh, but both are very intriguing players. I, I I do agree that he's kind of out of position. He's really he's kind of like the Zerdan Shakiri. He's really not a forward, but he's listed as one here. Uh, and I probably won't even go near him in this tournament unless you know 
he pulls like a Riyad Mahrez and goes crazy, but it, that's probably not going to happen with the with the way this group is set up. Um, so, from a fantasy perspective, uh, Piotov is probably an okay second goalie if you never want to play him, except for one game against Northern Ireland in a rotation. Uh, and then it's probably a coin flip if you want to squeeze in Yarmolenko uh, or Konoplyanka, depending on your 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 flavor. I probably lean toward the midfielder because it's easier to fit in a midfielder against a three forward system here. And you probably wouldn't ever play Yarmolenko anyway, because he'd probably be your third option. And you probably would want to play your fifth midfielder over him based on matchups. So I'd probably lean to just not invest in Ukrainian guys at all is basically what this whole (laughs) diatribe is all about. Yeah. By Uh, the way, I just looked at my team again and realized I have Craig Cathcart in my team. And he's Northern Irish, so I missed him. He's at four five, pretty cheap, pretty decent. Anyway, okay, yeah. So, well, this was like fine, whatever. Moving on, (laughs) whatever. Yeah. So, so in this group, I have Germany one and Poland two. Yeah, I I think we could see a Ukrainian upset here. I'm not saying it will happen, but I I think that they have the the goal scoring threat. Although so do Poland and Poland's defense, I think is is much better. I really hate that we're just kind of going with the chalk picks, but it, it oh, feels I kind of went a little different obvious. with with, uh, with Rush. I, Rush is not getting as much love from everybody else. It just happens I that up, you and I both I just picked, both believe yeah, in it. Yeah, yeah. I picked I picked them to win the group. So yeah, yeah, oh yeah. That's a, that's that's a good shout. And um, I think this I think this group has the third be- one of the better third place teams that that move. <laughs> we've said that for all three groups. <laughs> Uh, based on these two, I'm going to knock Romania out of the likely to advance in third because I do yeah. agree that Wales and Ukraine are both better. Yeah, so. I, I think Wales they have a better, they have an easier group than this group. This group, su- this group sucks. I mean, yeah, I Germany, feel real bad for Ukraine Northern Ireland. Like-, like Northern Ireland are unfortunately a distant fourth. Yeah, I mean, you could put Wales in this group, and Wales would be a distant fourth as well. Hmm. Against Ukraine, I think that'd be close. I think it'd be one, mm. two, and like three, three. Mm. No? no, you just no. said you don't like any of the Ukrainian players. No, from a fantasy perspective, they're a great team. They just don't have anything fantasy wise that they're that's they're, they're boring. They they win games one nothing. Yeah. Wait, a Slavic team trying to win games one nil? Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it, man. Uh. I don't get your words of wisdom and debauchery of oppositeness. Wow, that was, sounded really intelligent. I'm not so sure it was. Um, I'm going to agree with you. I, which is really awful listening. But yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it's going to be Germany, space, space, Poland, space, space, Ukraine. And then Northern Ireland, unfortunately, I don't think we really have a chance. You know what? Have fun, Northern Ireland fans. I don't want to get you yeah. down. Have a fun time at a tournament. It's your first major tournament in a while. Just... Just, have a good just keep time. playing Will Grigg on fire. Will Grigg's on fire. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's a good song. Just just get to do that. All right, so yeah. we have gone hilariously long because there's a lot of teams to deal with, which is why we split it into two parts because otherwise, like we said, this would have lasted forever. The last thing I want to hear from you is if you have a decision between a better player with less guaranteed minutes or a worse player with guaranteed minutes, which way do you lean? I will take the guy playing. Yep, I agree. All right, cool. Well, tell the... F- oh, wait. Before we get into the full, full go- goodbye, uh, why don't you tell the folks where they can find us and their prize if they join our league? 
Uh, well, you can find us on the official site. It's, you know, eurofantasy.uefa.com. Uh, search for our league. I believe it's FPL Roundtable. And the the entry code or passcode that they asked for is 529417. V as in Victor, S as in Stanley. So to repeat, that's 529417VS. Yeah, so, so join, join up. That, join that. And like we said before, um, we said it on last week's show, so we may have beaten the AI guys to the idea, but whatever. Now we're going to have to have stupid podcast beef because they won't pay us our freaking beers for winning our thing in the middle yeah. of the season. Um, give, but yeah. Give us our beer. I'm thirsty. <laughs> but yeah, uh, a country kit of your choice is going to go to the winner. We only have like five guys in that league thus far. Neither yeah. of us have really promoted it nearly enough. Um, so get in there, because if we fail to get more people in the league, think of how high your odds of getting it are. But the best thing is, guess what? If I win the league, I'm keeping the kit. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. What if one of us wins? Um, yeah, no. Yeah, we'll definitely keep it. I will buy myself a Netherlands kit and then cry into it, because the salt is what really adds uh, to the yeah. look. Um, man, I'm just so bummed about that. Yeah. By the way, as a podcast, you guys should be super glad that the Dutch team isn't in this, because it would be yeah. worse than me talking about Tottenham. Like, oh, completely. completely. Which is real bad. <laughs> Not great completely. at all. Um, all right, cool. Uh, well, tell the folks where they can find you. Uh, you can find me uh, at rasball.com. I, I'm usually smattered all over there at baseball and football and this kind of football. Uh, so you can find me at rasball.com. That's R-A-Z-Z-B-A-L-L.com. Or you can find me on Twitter. It's Smokey underscore Loogie, L-O-O-G-Y. Or on this podcast or usually, I don't know, lurking somewhere in the abundant nature of usually where I'm being disgusting. <laughs> Um, you can find me on Twitter at Kevroff. If you have any questions about Euro fantasy, um, um, feel free to tweet me at Kevroff, him at Smokey underscore Loogie, or at EPL Roundtable. Email us your questions at EPL Roundtable at gmail.com. We don't get enough emails, guys. I feel like you need to do that. Just put fantasy in the header and we'll know it's for us to talk about fantasy. Hell no, we don't. Email us like crazy. Do it. Do it. You won't. You won't. We dare you. <laughs> your mom said that she doesn't love you unless you email us which we thought was harsh we're on your side of this but is she wrong you know mm, i don't know justin bieber has a song about that i think about mom's not loving you unless you email us at eplroundtable at gmail.com yeah he should he should have a song about that he should I'd agree with that. All right. Well, um, have fun, everybody, watching all the sports this week. It's a good time. Decompress. Sit down. Then get amped for next week when the Euros are going to start. The Copa starts here in a couple days. It's going to be a crazy, crazy summer, so be sure to keep it locked to us. We'll talk to you on Monday. Peace. Hold up. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.